This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 1075 FM, Unholstered. Here we go. We are back with another episode of Unholstered. My name is Kayla Blakesley. I am one of your hosts here on Unholstered. If this is your first time tuning in or you've never heard of this program, this program is all about the local media, which is me, teaming up with our local police department here in the city of Fort Wayne to share and tell all of the stories about our men and women in blue and just law enforcement in general that don't often get told. And my co-host is a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Catina. I'm a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome to the show Unholstered. So, Sophia, today's topic, um, at least here in Fort Wayne, I mean, it's not an exclusive topic to Fort Wayne, but it's a big one ongoing right now here in our neck of the woods. It's all about school safety zones and traffic and crosswalks, uh, particularly outside of schools. And I know it's not just an issue, like I said, for Fort Wayne. It spreads all across the country, I'm sure. But before we kind of get into the nitty gritty of that, I do want to uh, talk about a text that came in on our text back line. It's a question uh, specifically for this show. And I'm hoping that you can answer it because I can't answer it. I don't know the answer to this question, but hopefully you can help us out. Uh, It says, hey, KB and Sophia, I have a question. Yesterday, Wayne TV, which is a local news outlet here, says yesterday Wayne TV reported that Fort Wayne police responded to a situation in rural Cherubusco. Does the city of Fort Wayne absorb the cost of responding to other cities or does Fort Wayne get to send a bill to the city of Cherubusco? I thought that was actually a really good question, and I don't know the answer. It is a good question, and I think um, something that I, I'm going to happily explain. Uh, it's not like we send like an invoice of the time yeah. logged for here our people. Here are our services, yeah. Yeah, here are the services rendered. Here's your invoice. Um, we have what we call mutual agreement. Um, compacts that we do with surrounding areas around here because we know that these more rural communities like Whitley, like Wells, like um, Noble County don't have the tactical teams. They don't have the expertise of their own negotiating team or drone team. And we know that. We know as a larger department, it is part of our duty and responsibility to take care of the smaller areas around here. Now, I know that people are always worried about money, and so Mm -hmm. are we, because these things can come at a a great cost. Um, But we do have these mutual aid compacts drawn up. And while we don't send invoices, we do exchange services, sometimes product. Okay. Um, So they may give us, for training purposes, items, or they may come here and teach. They may have an instructor in a specialized course that may come here and teach. Um, but our teams are utilized throughout the state. Um, our EOD bomb, EOD bomb squad is is a northeast uh, regional team, so they go out all over the state of Indiana and the northeast area, and sometimes a little farther than that, uh, depending on the situation. Um, our bomb dogs are taken down to Indianapolis. Sometimes they I clear Lucas Oil Stadium. So, so we all kind of work together um, to to make this entire state safe. Mm-hmm. And I. I, I would caution people not to get into this tit-for-tat kind of thing back and forth. Well, you owe us this and you owe us that. Because in the grand scheme of things, we all want to be safe no matter where we travel. And I know a lot of Fort Wayne people go to Cherubusco. And if we can make that safer for them by helping that smaller department, we're we're going to do that. Yeah, I didn't realize these agreements were in place. Um, I didn't know it operated like that. But it, but it makes sense because at the end of the day, we all have that common goal. We all want to be safe no matter where we travel. And as officers, we want to make sure that these come despite what people may think, to a peaceful resolve. And I think utilizing 
specialized people who are experts in their craft help ensure that. And that's what happened in this one. This was actually my, I was duty chief this week, or and still am till for Friday. For this call in Cherubusco? For this call in Cherubusco. So I was the one that had to make the decision, are we going to go Whoa. out there in the first place? Um, and then how that whole thing ran. So um, working with Whitley County, which was a pleasure because they were very um, cooperative and, you know, we worked really well together. Uh, but our, it was I was in charge of our teams as we were out there. So, so. okay, so what was, is that nerve-wracking for you? That's not really <laughs> your everyday job. It's not my everyday job, but it's something that comes along with being in the upper command. Um, you assume duty chief responsibilities, so you go out to all call-outs, no matter what they are, with their homicides, if they're officer-involved shootings, and you're responsible for the scene and, and making sure that everything that gets done needs to be done, or everything that needs to be done gets done. Um, so it I'm well versed in the in the realm of negotiations and, and barricades which and suicide, which is what it was, what it was yeah. because I was a hostage negotiator for 16 years. So I'm the whole all the nuances of do when do you go in and when do you wait when when is it conducive to keep talking when it when do you just got to cut it? Those are all things that I guess are second nature to me. So it. Uh, while it is a little nerve wracking because you've got all this responsibility, because ultimately it's it's, it's my decision and my call, yeah. and it's going to be my butt up on the stand if something goes wrong. Um, but I feel very comfortable with that. Although I still will say that it's a little nerve wracking at times. Mm -hmm. uh, but I am so confident in the skills that our teams have that it's amazing to sit there on the other side now and watch them work. Yeah. It's. It's just amazing. It's probably very helpful, though, that you've been on both sides. It probably is what makes you so good at your job. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think in, in the team leaders, you know, I've worked with them for so many years. So there's a really good amount of respect for ideas and communication flows very freely between all of us. Um, and I think that really helps. Are you able to tell us with the situation in Cherubusco, did everything get resolved safely, successfully? I don't know how necessarily in this case how you would define success. Uh, I, I would define success as, as the, in this case, as a peaceful surrender, okay. which, which it was. It was a peaceful surrender. Okay. It, yes, it was. Um, there was gas used, um, but he did come out. There was no um, injury to him or our officers and I'll count that as a good day and he got to the hospital where he needs to Jeez, be. Jeez, you walk in here, I had no idea that was, I mean, that just was a random text, you happen to be the one in charge, holy smokes, Sophia. Yeah, yeah it all is, there's a reason why I'm here on this day, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have your job. Okay, well kind of, not really a good segue here, but our, right. our actual topic at hand, like I kind of mentioned, school safety zones. And the, the reason this one's being brought up is because another child was struck by a vehicle um, walking to school just outside Black Hawk Middle School. And I say another child because we just had the same kind of incident uh, just a couple of months ago, right out in front of Black Hawk Middle School. Yeah. Uh, in the case of this boy, I believe both of his legs were broken. He is okay, going to make a full recovery. So I do want to throw that out there. Uh, but yet we still seem to have this issue. And if you're familiar with the area or with Fort Wayne, that's right along East State Boulevard there. But this has been a spot, obviously, where kiddos have been struck before and again i know this is not an issue exclusive to fort wayne by any means there no, are lots not, of unfortunately towns or, cities counties sadly. yeah dealing with it and at this particular location there is a crossing guard no there is yes so what i i why is this happening i guess it, it's frustrating obviously because it's our kiddos it's extremely frustrating and for parents it's scary right because we 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 send our kids out every day to walk to school and you know we, we Bus drivers are in limited supply, so yeah. they've had to, 
you know, cut some of the services. So now more kids are walking. But honestly, it's going to come down, and, and this is the case over and over again, is is poor driving, uh, distracted driving, speeding, people in a hurry, not paying attention, doing other things while they should be concentrating on driving, and especially around school zones. Um, it's just we've just become a society where I'll say that we've been very selfish drivers. Mm-hmm. And I will say this. As full confession, I can be that way, too, because yeah. sometimes I get can. in a hurry yeah. and I'm not paying attention because I've got 12 other things on my mind and I've got kids talking at me in the car. And, and You're thinking about dinner and picking up dry cleaning. Oh, I got yeah, to stop at the store first Yeah, I've got so much to do and I'm and, trying to get it done yeah. and I've got limited amount of time and, and my time is very precious because I've got so much on my plate and bam, here I am either, you know, just driving a little fast, <laughs> probably driving a little <laughs> fast or or, you know, and my kids, you know, they see this and they're they're newer drivers. My son just got his permit. So he's getting ready to drive. My daughter's been driving about a year and I'm like, do not drive like mom. Uh, mom's been driving for a long time. Um, so you need to drive a little bit better than me. Uh, I'll say that. Um <laughs> And they laugh. So, okay. So we feel like probably the majority then of the the problem, if you will, is the driver then. I mean, I will say in the case of this story with this young boy, the driver did say, you know, just kind of looked down and looked up and was going fast enough. There wasn't enough time to stop, which to me, I mean, that should be a red flag anyway. If you're going through a school zone. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Right. I mean, you got to take the speed down anyway. Yeah. There's been a lot of accidents I've worked where people say they look down and I that. I'm not saying in this case, but a lot of those I can I know in the back of my mind that's code for I was on my phone. Mm-hmm. I was texting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, I was doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing, or... but I'm not going to admit to it. Yeah, um, it it's, it happens all the time, and I even now we've had this law for a couple what was it, a year now at least the, the hands free law, mm-hmm. and you know I drive my personal car a lot <laughs> just because of my kids and and doing stuff, but. I, and I see people all the time um, on their phone. I do, too. Yeah. All the time. Texting, talking, and, it, and all of it's illegal. Yeah. Um, if I'm in my squad car, I can pull them over. But obviously, every time I see people doing that, I'm normally not in my squad car. It's one of those things where, I'll be honest, I didn't really have a real appreciation for it either. And not even, I mean, like prior to the law taking effect here in Indiana, for a hot second, I worked for the Ohio Department of Transportation for about mm-hmm. a year. Um, geez, it would have been back in like 2016. 2017, but I got to actually be out in those work zones, in those construction zones. And it was there when I suddenly had a real appreciation for, okay, distracted driving is real. I cannot do it. Uh, speeding through work zones is real. Oh, I'm never going to do it. Yeah. You know, I, when you're standing out there and you feel a car buzzing by you at 70 miles per hour, that's six inches from your body. It really did change my perspective when it came to driving distracted. And because I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I've absolutely been on my cell phone while driving prior to, you know. Oh, yeah, me um, too. I mean, it wasn't law then. Right, right. I mean, I have a magnetic system now and, you know, the, the you know the Bluetooth and that kind of stuff. Well, I can tell you after I can I almost remember the day and I remember what I was wearing when I actually had this mo- this kind of aha moment of how serious this really is. That I like made it my you know own personal goal right then and there. I'm never going to be on my cell phone again. I'm never going to speed through a work zone again. Like th- there's just it's people's lives are way too valuable right. just because I'm running five minutes late. Yeah. So I, I resolved back then just this was not going to be something that I do. Uh, now obviously the law passed in Indiana a year ago. No one should be doing it. 
Right. But, but yet. <laughs> so many people are. So many people are. And I'll be honest, I still like, you know, my car probably like most has like the GPS system in it. So I can just kind of tap on the screen. But even that I'd consider distracted driving. Trying yeah. To check I, down on my GPS. Yeah. I mean. Tapping in coordinates, which I try to do before I even start yeah, my car. Yeah. I mean, my car yeah. won't even let you do it while you're driving. Correct. Mine won't it's, either. Yeah. You know, it's that. But n- normally I just do it on my phone before I even set out and mm-hmm. I put my phone up and it goes through my Bluetooth because sometimes the car one isn't updated correctly or something. Yep. Um, but I think the distracted driving is such a huge issue because we're kind of like a I want it now kind oh, of yeah. society, you know, like give give me my text now. What did they say? And what am I going to say? I need say? to know and, right yes, now. It's know like right we now. can't like, What wait. did we do like 10 years ago? When, <laughs> when it was simpler, like easy life, Sophia. Big deal. Yeah. What um, about, though, I mean, but what about signage or more visibility? I mean, are those potential solutions? I mean, I know obviously it is going to come back to some personal responsibility for the drivers. Yeah. First first and foremost, it's always personal responsibility. Yeah. You know, there are laws on the books. You should be following those laws. I get it. Sometimes, you know, we always, everybody speeds a little bit. Everybody does what this or that. And sometimes, you know, you grab your phone real quick. Oh, I forgot. You know, it's like, because it's so natural. Just yeah. pick up your phone when it when it rings, right? Yeah. on In the phone. But I'm very careful not to do that, especially in my squad car, because I know people are watching me. Oh, I yeah. Know they're watching oh, yeah, girl. Me. You can't do that. Someone will no. whip their cell phone up in I the know. car beside you. You know, it's like going through that yellow line. Like, okay, do I stop? Do I go? And people get so oh, freaked out. Be, you and... know, I never thought about that. That would be yeah. the worst. Um, so, you know, you, but I don't want to slam on the brakes and then cause someone to hit me in the back. So he's yeah. like, ah, oh. and then I look, go through this light and people are like, oh, you ran that? I'm like, no, <laughs> I didn't really. I was like stuck in between. And... In that weird place. I yeah, that in that weird, weird place. place. And I know everybody gets there because I see people freaking out. Yep. Like, do, tap, I stop, tap, do I stop? Do I go? Because I'm right behind them. At least like, you know what, go. Sophia? I, take, I actually take comfort though with that in knowing someone like you driving yes. your squad car it goes yes. through the same <laughs> I go through the same thing. Road anxiety that yeah. I do. Not because I think I'm going to get a ticket, because I think someone's going to get mad, and I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint people, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um. So, we've just had an increase overall in just bad driving yeah. around here, and I, I don't know what I'll equate that to, other than we're just in a hurry all the time. Are you able to? I know you're our stats gal, and you always bring in your your you know loads of paperwork with you. But are you able to see? You know you increased incidents with drivers or driving around Fort Wayne? We have. We've seen a lot um, more fatals. Uh, last year, we're, we're in 2021, we had um, 31, which was a record for us. We've okay. never had that many. In 2020, we had 18. Now, granted, we were in lockdown and probably not more, a lot of people on the road, but, but just prior to the COVID lockdown in 2019, we had 22. Okay. So it, it's, it's significantly higher. Are the, a lot of those due to, you know... Are you able to have the why, I guess? Is it drinking and driving an issue or speeding? Are you able to... Drinking and driving stats are down for 2021 and compared to 2020, which is odd because there was less people on the road, but more people drunk driving. (laughs) So, you know, it's just, it's kind of weird. I mean, this whole COVID time period is just just weird. weird. And I think it throws stats off for us that we normally would track. Um, But even so, we had um, drunk driving impaired... uh, task force out for 2020 numbers and those were we did 1612 in 2020 citations and warnings Hmm. and then we had 1400 in 2021 so 200 more in 2020 than 2021 Mm -hmm. um so it's just a little different but but you can find all these stats our 2021 year-end report is out fwpd.org you can go hit year-end reports and it gives you all the stats from everything we keep track of um, in that book and it's easily accessed on the computer but when it comes to, I'm just, I'm, I'm really grasping, you can tell, because it is a frustrating issue, particularly these school safety zones. 
you know, when it comes to solutions, it's like I'm trying to find, again, I, yes, first and foremost, personal responsibility, you are 100% correct, yeah. is on the driver. Yeah. But are there other things, whether it's the Fort Wayne Police Department or even the school district, are there other things that could be done to try and keep this from happening? Well, I, I like I really like the lighted crosswalk areas yeah. to make drivers really aware, especially when it comes to rainy and dark and days. And foggy. I mean, fog is such yes. an issue, at least around here. I it, can't speak for other areas. Yeah, but. and visibility is so much lessened with rain and the darkness. Mm -hmm. Even I have a hard time driving. Uh, you can't see signage. You can't see. But if you see a flashing light, you know you're coming up to a school safety zone. And I... I don't know why it isn't around every school in Fort Wayne, especially, you know, I'm I'm looking down on um, Jefferson and Washington. It was Washington Elementary. Yep. I mean, it's heavily traveled, especially in the morning because it's such it's the major thoroughfare to downtown. Uh, but the school sits right between two of the largest traveled roads. But there is no lighting. There's there's painted crosswalk and there's a couple signs, but it's that should be highly. Is visible, there a cross guard there? Do you know? There is a crossing yeah. guard on the. Uh, Washington side, but not the Jefferson. But again, side. those those are probably just like bus drivers, probably down in terms of the number of folks they, going to they do are. that we, job. And you know, and then they call off, and then it mm -hmm. comes back to us as police officers do. But we can only assign two people per quadrant, and that's only if we have them available and we're not busy. So it, it just depends, and so sometimes those will go on on unmanned. I don't, as I don't. it were. But but there's lots of communities doing things. I know Wells County, their commissioners out there, they just installed some lighting in on a crosswalk in front of an elementary school. And kudos to them for doing that because yeah, absolutely. it's so important to keep our kids safe. And, and money should not be an issue money when it comes I, to so our okay, kids. I was going to ask you, Sophia, if you, if you happen to know a cost for just the paint or the lights, I mean, is there a big cost associated with this? I, because I'm with you. It should be at every school across the country. I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but it's government, so I'm sure a lot of oh. money is involved mm, yeah. um, in these kinds You're of things. You're not going to get in trouble in my book. <laughs> <laughs> but but does it matter? These are our kids. Yeah. These are our children. And if we, we can't keep them safe, and if we can't as taxpayers know that our money is being spent to keep to at least try to keep them safe. I mean, this is one step we can do. The other is adults, is to be adults when we're behind the wheel and, and not right. be distracted, and especially around the school zones. Kids are just unpredictable, yeah. right? They're at that age, especially elementary kids. Yep. And they don't always look before they cross, and they'll drop something and run out to grab it. They don't think, and heck, we as adults, we don't think half the time. I mean, you know, look, that's why I'm. We're, that's why we're I have a job because right. people don't think. We're walking across the street, staring at our cell phones. Right, right. You know? and people get hit like that. People and get killed. hit like that all the time. Um, and these are our kids. So what what are we going to do as adults to keep them safe? And I think we we need to do everything we can. If that means more lighting, then we need to push for more lighting and and start with our council people. Start with our you know the city. I don't know, traffic engineering, I would imagine, who, who well, picks okay, that Well, okay, that up. was going to be kind of my next question. Let's say we've got some community members who are really passionate about this, which I'll be honest. I mean, if that was my kid going to Black Hawk Middle, I would probably be one of those parents. I would be incensed. I would be, yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, I actually live not too far from there. And I, that's why, to me, I just it keeps popping up as an issue, and it, it just scares the heck out of me because yeah. it's so close to where I live. Um, and I've got a little girl who will eventually be going to school as well. But let's say there is someone just really passionate about this and wanted to do something about it. How do they even start that process? 
Well, I would say, like I would for anything, um, I would start with your city council city person. City council, yeah. Yeah, you have, everybody has a district council person. They have at-large people, too. Mm-hmm. Start with them. Those are your elected government officials, and those are the ones who make things happen. And they work for us. They work for all of us. Um, and They're supposed to. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that. Okay, you can say that. Uh, but... But ultimately, this this is their decisions because they are the ones that push for this funding. They're the ones who direct where the city dollars go. When it comes to the cross guards, um, yeah. because you mentioned it's up to the Fort Wayne police to, to potentially fill in in the event that there isn't one present or available. Who oversees in the cross guards, the school or does the Fort Wayne Police Department oversee the Fort Wayne cross guards? So the crossing guards are our responsibility. Um, I guess I didn't realize that. I just assumed yeah. it was the schools. No, it's ours, but we, we go. Th- so if you want to apply and you can apply, and I would encourage you, if you can't do both the AM and the PM, find someone who can do the PM and you can do the AM and just switch it. You, It's like $12. I think it's like 50 bucks per time. So it's 100 bucks a day, I guess. Huh. If you do both, somewhere around there, it's 12 50 an hour. And then it's a couple hours or something. So maybe it's 50 bucks for the day. I, I don't remember. Uh, but, but still, there's going to be some kind yeah, of compensation. Yeah, there's a little compensation. Yeah. You know, you're doing you're, some good. If you're a stay-at-home mom or dad and and or retired or, you know, you're in between jobs, just fill in for a bit, even if it's for a little bit. Um, you'll go to the city website. It'll say crossing guard. You just fill out the application. They'll run a back, background check on you. And poof you're in we'll supply you with the stop sign with the traffic vest and that's overseed by our overseen by our northwest captain uh dan ingram um that uh so and we're always in need there's there's always spots that are unfilled and we get requests almost daily because people call off could hypothetically a school say we want to allocate funds for lights or for paint or cross guard or i mean could a school make that call I don't think so because it's a traffic. They'd have to go through traffic engineering because I, I think it's the way that it's set up and it has to be specific. Hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of government details in there that I'm not aware because, of. Well, I hear this from listeners a lot, at least on the radio program that I host here at the station um, during the week. Well, I talked to the school and I tried to call the administrator. I tried to call the superintendent. You know, par- and again, because parents are just kind of grasping at solutions right. and who can I contact? That's why I asked you. You know, if someone was really, you know, enraged about this and wanted to do something about it. So contacting the school is probably not yeah, a good option. Yeah, I don't think the option. school has much in that. I think it's more of a traffic and it's a governmental okay. um, for the city or county, if you live in the county. Because the dollars for that is going to come from there. The school budgets are not for the traffic around the mm-hmm. schools. So that's going to come from your local government. So I would start with, you know, start with your P- PT- PTO. I think that's what they're called now. Um, parent-teacher organizations. And get together and talk about this and then contact them as a representative of the PTO to whoever, whomever is the uh, city council person for that area. And I would also encourage to contact the at-large people as well because those are the people who yeah, that's a good idea. will then work for you on behalf of you because if you ha- – you- the city's not going to contact all 250 parents <laughs> that are upset, yeah. but they will contact the city council person. You work through them because that, that ultimately is their job. That's what they're there for. Even in the case, though, of like this particular situation, and I don't know if you caught the video and I can't even recall where it was at, but a cross guard um, this video went viral this week. Stepped in front of a child crossing as the vehicle didn't slow down and saved the child's life. And the cross guard actually got hit by the vehicle, which she was OK 
uh, had to go to the hospital and all that. But in that event, they had the lights, they had the blinking stop signs, they had the cross guard, they had the paint on the roads. I mean, it's like the school district, again, I don't remember where it was, but they were doing everything right. And yet it's obviously still an issue. So in your professional opinion, I mean, why is it still an issue? Does that go back to the driver? It goes back to the driver each and every hmm. time. Um, and, and we do run, we just... Uh, got grant money from the Indiana Criminal Justice Institute, and we'll be running, again, the SAVE program, which is Stop Arm Violation Enforcement. So we'll follow school buses, we'll stop, we'll do school zone enforcement as well. Um, but we cannot be everywhere every time. We cannot put someone at the school to just do traffic. This is this is incumbent on all of us to just do better. And we can. We can, especially around the school areas, around school time. Um, and summer's coming. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not, It's you just can't be aware during school times. You, you just have to be aware all the time because some kids aren't in school. I feel like the theme or the topic really should have been personal responsibility today. <laughs> yeah, that probably would have been a better topic, but then that would have been a myriad of things we could have That's talked true. about. But it would have definitely been a longer, longer than a 27 minute show. Yeah. Do we know what we're talking about? What's up next week? You knew oh, I was going to ask you I that. I have right? no idea because I. <laughs> We've come off such a heavy lift with constitutional carry. We have been knees deep in that. In fact, if you missed last week's episode, we answered all of your questions that came in, and there were a plethora of them uh, regarding constitutional carry and what it means for the state of Indiana when the law goes effect here July 1 in Indiana. So if you missed that one, that's what Sophia and I have been knees deep in. If you missed that one, uh, definitely check out the Unholstered podcast. You can download it. Anywhere you download a podcast, uh, not just last week's episode, but all of the episodes. Um, I think for me, Sophia, if we can, I know we've touched on it before, but I'd like to to revisit uh, fentanyl. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's popping up again. It's it's a huge story right now, at least across the nation, uh, because um, fentanyl seizures across the southern border have now quadrupled in just yeah. the last year. Yeah. Um, to me, that it's just an insane stat. And I get frustrated when people, you know, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, for example, say, why should I care? Why do I need to care about it here in landlocked Indiana? And I would argue we're all border states to some degree because we're all dealing with fentanyl coming into our communities. Dealing with a lot. Dealing with a lot. And maybe you could provide some perspective for that because I also hear from a lot of parents that they go, what's fentanyl? Yeah. Which that scares me a little bit that you don't know what it is. It does me too because this has been at the forefront for so long. And I know we've talked about it several times. And you, as parents, you have to be informed. You have yeah. to know what's going on with your kids. Especially, you, as you said, we're, we're about to enter the summer. Kids yeah. are going to be out of school. They're going to be bored. They're going to be looking for something to do. And please don't ever think that it cannot be your kid. Yeah. I don't care what socioeconomic or political affiliation you have. Do not ever think it's not your kid. Because I'll tell you, your kids are doing things you don't know they're doing. I remember I was a teenager. I, you know, I did things I wasn't supposed to do. Um, and now there's just a lot more out there that more is potentially, to too. you know, harmful and can kill your children back then when, when I was a kid. You know, there's just more of it here. Well, I think we found a topic for next All week. right. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.